What's up, tribe? I hope you've been living life and taking risks today. Got a special treat for you. Conversation with Maddie Pfaff. Now, Maddie is the artificial intelligence product manager for Comcast. I'm a liberal arts guy, so the translation just goes down like this. She's super smart. She came and visited the tribe. We had a great conversation about women in tech, but also for some ways that you can just get better at life. What are some tools that are going to help you get to the next level? So tune in to this conversation with Maddie Pfaff. Maddie, welcome to the tribe. I am so happy to be here. So blessed. I'm excited. Listen, you have the busiest schedule in America. Been trying to get you to Austin to speak to my class, to students, to get on the show. So we're glad that after a year of working with your schedulers and handlers and all your people, (laughs) we finally have you in the flesh here in Austin, Texas. Welcome. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Okay, now first question for you. I walk into your high school. You're in the 11th grade. I walk into your English class, grab you, Mm -hmm. bring you into the hallway and say, Maddie, what do you want to be when you grow up? What would the answer have been? I wanted to be a biomedical engineer. You wanted to be a biomedical engineer. Like, How does someone find that? So I always loved math and I loved I loved STEM. I always loved that. Tell people I'm a liberal arts guy, but. For the folks out there who may not know what STEM means. So STEM is science, technology, engineering, and math. And they actually added, it's now STEAM. So arts and design is now part of it. Yeah. Um, and I, I've just always loved that side of um, side of the, the industry, side yeah. of knowledge. And I was always really good at math and statistics. And I thrived. And so my one of my teachers had, she told me that there was a college career fair. Ah. And I had gone into this college career fair and I walked in and I was the only girl there Mm. (laughs) and it was all about engineering. And I walked up to these college booths and at that time my dream school was USC and I wanted to be a Trojan. I wanted to be a Trojan so bad. It's okay. Forgive her for those of you out there who are anti-USC. Oh yeah, absolutely. Please forgive me. But you want to be, okay, so you want to be a Trojan and you want to be an engineer. I want to, I'm going to interrupt you. That's what I tend to do. Okay. So were you cognizant before you walked in that? You know, the theory, and now you're working on getting more women in the tech and engineering, and I think that's wonderful. We'll talk about that later. But in the 11th grade, you knew you were good at math and science. Did you ever feel as you were coming up throughout the educational ranks that there was, like, that women were treated differently in terms of their math accomplishments or aptitude? Did that ever really affect you? You know, looking back at it now, that was probably my first exposure to the vast um, extremity of like the lack of diversity hmm. within the field, but yeah. I didn't see it at that moment. I wasn't aware of that. I don't think I was aware until I started in computer science classes, which we'll probably touch on later. But yeah. I, uh, yeah, that part I wasn't aware of yeah. until later. So you're going to graduate from high school. <laughs> Walk us through the college application process and what schools were you thinking about? And then how did you decide to become a Tar Heel? Oh, that is a story in and of itself. (laughs) Senior high school, I was going through, I was going through that process. I uh, applying to a lot of schools being in state of Texas. um, If you're in the top percentage, you get in-state admittance. Mm -hmm. And so I got into all the schools that I applied for. 
except one, my, my dream school, University of North Carolina, Chapel mm. Hill. I wanted to be a Tar Heel. Mm. And goodness gracious, I, I had great options. I really did. My final decision whenever the May 1st deadline was coming around was between Duke or University of Texas at Austin. Hmm. And, you know, eventually I made that initial deposit uh, to the school and I found a fabulous roommate and I even knew what dorm I was going to be in. And this is at UT. You made a deposit yeah. to UT. I made yeah. a deposit. I was going to live in San Jacinto. I was okay. going to be going to be a San Jacinto's a dorm here at UT. Yes. yes. <laughs> and uh, it ended up being on that May on May 1st. The deadline, the final decision deadline. I'm at Starbucks. I'm studying for one of my AP exams later on that week. And I received this call from a random number that I didn't recognize. Hmm. I pick it up and it's this woman. And she asks me this question. She says, do you look good in Carolina blue? I said, absolutely. <laughs> like, yes. And at that moment, I, I was a Tar Heel. So to back up, you got waitlisted at North Carolina. My dream school. And so you'd pretty much said, for me, it's a Duke versus UT decision. Mm -hmm. So you read the wait list letter as, I'm not getting in. I need to make plans to go elsewhere. I read it as a not yet. Yeah. I was always, that was, I think, my first taste of real rejection. Hmm. Or maybe as a process of rejection. Hmm. I I never not gotten into something. Hmm. And... That wait list was, oh my gosh, okay, well, I got to try harder. I got to do something. I got to make it work. And I was already planning on doing my first year, first year at whatever place and doing what it took to get to Chapel Hill somehow. Hmm. So I was going to find a way. You know, we need to start a club. So <laughs> I've talked about getting waitlisted at Harvard Law four years and getting in on the fourth attempt. And people will oftentimes ask me, why not in year two or three or even four would you just pick the other option? Mm. You know, what What made you say yes once you got the call? I mean, some people could say, well, there may have been a little bad blood there because you were waitlisted and maybe you felt like that wasn't the place for you. But But you said yes, there was a clear-cut decision in your mind. Why was that? I knew it was the place that I wanted to be. Yeah. I I knew exactly what... I was going to get out of my other experiences at the colleges uh, that I had applied to and I got admitted in. But North Carolina was this unexpected new terrain that I had no idea how to navigate. I didn't have one friend there. Hmm. And that was a challenge that I really wanted to take hold of and I really wanted to experience for myself and put myself in that uncomfortable situation to really grow because I'm a dreamer and I, I have a lot of big dreams. Yeah. And so I knew in my future, I was going to have to put myself in rooms where I didn't know one person. Hmm. And I had to make connections. I had to have that ability to connect off the off the cuff and to um, really own whatever room I walk into. And that's what I wanted to learn. Hmm. And I felt like Carolina was a place that I could learn that. Yeah. You get to Chapel Hill. <laughs> yes. And... The infamous freshman question, what are you going to major in? What was your response when you walk on the campus? I was going to study biostatistics within the public health school. Hmm. It, that sounds serious. I'm a liberal arts guy, so all this stuff you're talking about now, this is some serious business. So 
biostats in the public health school. Mm-hmm. How long did that last? <laughs> it lasted a semester. Okay. Um, a semester and a day, I would say. <laughs> I, <laughs> I took a, I took an introduction to scientific programming course as a prereq to get into the public health school. Hmm. So I walk into that class my second my second semester and I sit down and I'm listening to the professor tell us why he does what he does, why he does computer science, why he is interested in technology. And I was my mind expanded at that moment. Hmm. I my eyes were opened up to a brand new world I had no idea existed. Uh I was telling I was telling you earlier uh before that class Anything, all that I knew about computers were from, oh, I don't know if I should say this on here, yeah, but yeah, tell them, yeah. um, illegally downloading on LimeWire. LimeWire. <laughs> For those of you out there who are wondering what the heck LimeWire is, LimeWire, Napster, mm-hmm. there were some other like dark sites, like random sites where you could just go and download music. Mm-hmm. We've all been there. Yeah. You know, yeah. and we'll <laughs> go down together. Yeah, we'll go down together <laughs> if the FBI comes after us. But you were downloading tracks off a of LimeWire. That was the extent of your yeah. computer science background. That was all I knew. That was, that was all I knew. And so I I walked into that class and I talked to the professor afterwards and I was like, I'm switching my major. I want to do this because college to me, I wanted to I wanted to leave college with tools that will help me build a better future. Hmm. And I wanted to I actually wanted to learn something I had no prior knowledge about. I didn't know about biostatistics and I thought those were the problems I wanted to solve, but technology, um, computer science, it enabled me to bridge whatever passions and desires I had hmm. to something even greater. Yeah, I think it's. I think for the tribe, it's really important to really sort of zoom in on what you just said, and you wanted to learn something, you wanted to jump into something, you wanted to embrace this new world like you didn't want to go down a path it just sort of made sense but you really wanted to be challenged as an undergrad and stretch yourself to limits that you hadn't really experienced i think that's important not even just as an 18 year old freshman at unc but you know there are some folks in the tribes who are in their mid-40s and they're stuck in a cubicle somewhere Mm -hmm. and they want to transition to the next spot you know hearing these sorts of stories of of courage and perseverance and risk-taking, I think what you chose to do there at UNC has a lot of life lessons for us who are trying to figure out how to take risks today. And I think the importance of what I saw at UNC, it was a safe space where I can take huge risks and fail in a safe space, in a safe Mm. environment where people would encourage me and give me a platform to raise even higher and learn. And I think that's important because I've taken that now I'm out of college and I'm still finding that I've had to create that space for myself. Hmm. And I think that's important because it can be anywhere. We're going to jump because, yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah you've got me going here because I, I've just I'm listening to you. I think about the fact that college. It's good and bad, right? It's mm-hmm. good in the sense of you're exposed to new things. You have a, a ready made schedule that you sort of fall into. It's bad in the sense that it could sort of lull you into thinking that that's the way like the rest of the way that life will work and after you graduate then it's your job Mm -hmm. to create the schedule right Right. you've got to find ways to develop yourself um whether it's on a financial Mm -hmm. dimension or leadership 
motivational because no one's going to do that for you. There's no registrar saying, hey, we need you to take 12 hours this semester in order to be a full-time student. And you've done that. You've taken on the responsibility to develop yourself mm-hmm. in, in a ways that I think are, are really interesting that we'll get to. Let's get, let's fast forward through UNC. Mm-hmm. You didn't go to enough UNC Duke games. <laughs> you sold your tickets. Okay. Hey, Tar Heels out there. Listen, we're going to have to give you like some sort of a uh, fake name. Yeah. And, and uh, she doesn't live in Philly. She lives somewhere else, somewhere else. but you, you sold some tickets. Mm-hmm. Because you were frugal. I mean, you were... I, I was. Let's talk about that. How did you Zoom through UNC in three years? So I double majored also. I studied computer mm. science and mathematical decision sciences. Dear God. <laughs> I know. Lots of STEM, lots of fun things. Uh, but while I was at school, I overloaded every semester uh, trying to really capitalize on the time that I was there and taking the classes that were going to be... We're going to make an impact. And... I, I found odd jobs around campus. I was an RA, an RA just to, uh, that's a resident yes, yes, yes. advisor. But hold on. Let's get back to this. Okay. Are we talking 16 hours, 17 hours a semester? What are we talking? 19 or 20. Good God. <laughs> yeah. So it was a lot of different classes. All were within my major. So the hardest hmm. of the um, most difficult or most difficult courses were what I was taking. And so you're just swimming in integrals and mm-hmm. code and yeah and you're responsible for 40 crazy freshmen running around on some floor yep it was great and you're working mm-hmm. you're saving money in three years you graduate mm-hmm. as a double major mm-hmm. let me ask you this do you do you regret going through so quickly it's hard uh there's times when I wish I would have enjoyed the moments a little bit more, but I think it's taught me so much. I I never really had a break hmm. in those three years because even after I would have my semesters, my two, my fall and my spring semester of college, anytime I would come home, I had a full-time internship that I would go to during my winter break, during spring break. I would come home and I would work, and so I'd work from... Um, eight to five, and then I would go straight from there to four hours of night class, and then I would come home, grab a little bit to drink or to eat and to drink, and then I would do my homework and do two online classes. And so that was my <laughs> that was my summer. That was my break, <laughs> and it was it was always moving. But I I loved the pace because I was learning and I was always growing, and it was something new. And I think I learned how to really be present in whatever moment I'm in and just love, love it. Now, artificial intelligence is all the rave. Mm -hmm. You know, this is a time where AI, VR, I mean, this is all the buzzwords, all the buzzwords, all the things of the buzz. Tell people what you do now. Right now, I am an artificial intelligence product manager at Comcast. Translate that for the liberal (laughs) arts folk out there. So I, I make your products smarter and safer for the home and make customers happy. Are you snooping on me like in my home? <laughs> you know, if I eat like a, you know, a cheese sandwich or something or how much do you know about me? And I'm a Comcast client here. Are you really? Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that's the thing. We, 
Oh, don't gosh. lie to us, Maddie. <laughs> don't lie to you. You're, you're, now you're I, in your mind. You're like, okay. I'm like, what can I? Yeah, say? What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> Note to self. I can hear it in her mind saying, "What can I say?" Mm, it's churning. Mm, it's churning. Mm. I think the biggest takeaway, <laughs> which is, we have so there is so much data out there. Whether yeah. it's something um, as simple as a security camera, because cameras see everything, yeah. um, but it's making sense of it and making it useful for you and for your family to make sure that it actually adds value to you where it's not something creepy where you have to be concerned about it, but something that you want because you can start to depend on it. So you can free your mind of other things. Yeah. Yeah. So your typical day, you are in an avalanche of meetings. Mm -hmm. What would be some of the, I know you want, you can't give anything proprietary, but what are some of the, ideas that that folks are throwing around uh, in a typical meeting i love meetings actually <laughs> i love i love you're the, one of those I, people i know i'm one of those people well i i think it's really that i've learned to be i love to love the moment hmm. and especially those idea meetings because you get to dream you just get to dream throw out random ideas and hmm. uh there's there's been so many different things like esports and it's not even in the world of AI, but something that's really interesting and it could be an avenue to go hmm. towards. So esports, what is that? Tell us what, what that even is. I really don't know. Is it like the like those drone So I've seen those drone leagues. There's a whole league of like professional gamers where have you ever heard oh, of like Twitch? No. Or... I'm thirty eight. <laughs> this Twitch. No, but I okay, no, I know like these whole all these gamers, if you're a gamer out there, we still love you. We love you. Um, but they get together and they have these big competitions, a lot of money on the line. Mm-hmm. They're playing people across the world. So esports is a big, yeah, is a big kind of component of um, of what you guys do. Yeah, and well, I guess more specifically with what I do, it's I work I work within computer vision. So being mm-hmm. able to make sense of what a computer sees and using artificial intelligence and more deeply deep learning and uh, by making sense of all of that, Hmm. recognizing the patterns and being able to just add value by. Hmm. Give us a practical example. Like, what is that? What is that? Hmm. You know, I'm slow. (laughs) What does that mean? Of like explaining AI? Yeah, like a product. Like like uh, you mentioned examples of like a kid going to the bus or something. Like mm-hmm. make it real for Jimmy sitting on his couch drinking a yeah. Bud Light. Like what's like a specific kind of example of a product or a thing that this computer can see? Yeah. So um, have you have you heard about uh, Mark Zuckerberg's Jarvis? No. So he created this Jarvis system, which is actually really cool. And it's it's. I guess would say the direction that we want to go. I saw um, this. I did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so it's like a home automation system where he had Morgan Freeman's voice automate his home and uh, be able to wake him up, like throw him a T-shirt and <laughs> be able to recognize who's at the door, like yeah. who it actually is. If it's your your mom or if it's your your neighbor down the street, you hmm. know who it is and being able to let them in or... So there's some of the applications. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let me ask you this. Books. Um, I want you to think about this and don't think too hard. Just give me three answers. Like off the top of your mind, you have three books to recommend to someone who wants to get better at life. Mm 
Mm. It's that general. Oh, and you're, you're, you read a ton of books. This yes. is this is a hard one. I don't even have an answer if you were to ask me, but I'm oh, asking you. Okay. Three books. Okay. The first one would be No Limits by mm. John Maxwell. Ooh. It's one of his newer ones, and it has been instrumental in my personal growth journey. Hmm. Uh, it's how to live life without caps, how to blow off the capacity of yourself. And it's it's amazing. No limits. No limits. Living a life with no limits. I'm actually going to jump on Amazon right after <laughs> you finish and get it. So, okay, so No Limits by John uh, Maxwell. Yes. Okay, that's good. Now my second one. <laughs> he already knows. <laughs> I, I, I don't, already I don't know. know, but you gave me that look. And yeah. I was like, uh-oh, what is this? No, honestly, not just that I'm here and not just that you poured so much into me, but it would be it would be your book. No, and listen, I, I know that's people like, out there it like sounds like the <laughs> he didn't pay me. For this. <laughs> like, how much did he pay her to say this? Like this little mini ad. <laughs> no, it's really not. And all of my best friends can actually tell you that that was the book that I gave them for college graduation or for transitioning to a new role. Like that was a hmm. book that was mastering their transition that I thought was very key in my life in all of my transitions that I've gone through. So I appreciate that. So calling audible is number two for you. I appreciate it. I promise you, listen, <laughs> folks out there, we're Facebook aliving it. People are listening in Japan. Uh, whoever's translating for you, I did not pay Maddie to give me a little like 30 second spot for the book, <laughs> but I do appreciate you recommending call an audible. Mm-hmm. Um, and what would be number three? Number three would be the greatest story ever told. Hmm. Now, this book is actually, John Maxwell creates it, but it's actually, you open it up and it's blank. It's a journal of pages and it's for you to write the greatest story ever told because that's within you. Oh, okay. You're speaking my language now. Okay. So this third point on this, on this Mm -hmm. writing, you're an avid writer. Absolutely. If you're on Facebook live now, you can see the, the journal that she has. Um, if you're listening, you can just hear the pages. That, just yeah, there you go. You hear mm, those pages. That's beautiful. So you write. I'm an avid writer. I'm. It's right over here in my my backpack. I always keep a Pilot V5 precise pen. Like I'm very serious about my pens Absolutely. and the paper. What has writing done for you, and how has it helped you to crystallize your thoughts and give you direction? Like what what yeah. value has it had for you in your life? I I feel like I learned so much and I just want to be able to capture it all hmm. and reflect back on it. I think that's the biggest thing is we're always we're always learning, but in order for it to really be applied to our life, we need to reflect on it hmm. and really go back and develop that thought further and further and some thoughts aren't worth saving and <laughs> you need to throw them away, but writing it also like tracks my growth throughout. Hmm my life i've uh, it's actually really cool because i go through journals so fast and i've seen my growth even within honestly i probably go through a journal once a month and well i have a lot of different journals for different purposes Hmm. but so you mind telling us about some of them yeah so i have i have my journal at work that i write down my task list for every day that i would Hmm. what i need to accomplish uh what what i need to be thinking about for tomorrow and for the next week Hmm. And then I have my personal journal of 
my prayers and my thoughts and um, for my daily walk. And then I have my dream journal wow. where I have – I'm actually writing my dream journal within the greatest story ever told. Hmm. And so that's where all of my dreams and my goals and my aspirations are. And I'm writing them out in detail so that whenever they are accomplished, and they will be soon, I'm able to go back on it and be like, I already knew that it was going to happen because it was the greatest story ever told. And that's three of them. What else? <laughs> this is good stuff. Listen, I, I don't think people write enough anymore. Mm-mm. So I probably gift leather notebooks. That's probably my number one gift to people. Mm. And along with, you know, a set of 10 V5 Pilot precise pens black. And I sit in meetings and I watch people and they don't have a notebook. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, like, what are you doing? Like, there could be some, there's some valuable information. And sometimes you go to a meeting and you won't write anything. Sometimes you'll go to a meeting and write five pages, right? Mm -hmm. But just having the ability to record what you're hearing and thinking in real time. Mm -hmm. And I think what's so special about writing is that there's a character that comes with the movement of the pen. Absolutely. Right? Like the slants and the angles, like that. That is data as well. That's which, you. Which is di- right, it's you, right? Yeah. And it's different from text, right? Like the the character R on my phone is not mm-hmm. going to change. But the way I write it and the slant is, is such a different experience. So it's great to hear. I think for the tribe, what's keeping a lot of people from taking the next step. Mm-hmm. So many ideas are in their head. They're consuming so much content in this sort of audio visual form, but they're not capturing their goals on paper. Right. And that's been important. Yeah. That's been important for you and your growth. Oh, absolutely. Because I used to just listen. I'm an avid podcast listener. So yeah. I listen through all of them and <laughs> actually listen through them like at two times or I have this app that I have it at three times speed, oh, which wow. is crazy. <laughs> um, what app is this? It's called Overcast. Okay. Listen, Overcast is a tool. This is, I haven't heard of this, but I'm glad yeah. you mentioned it. So Overcast allows you to listen to a podcast faster than their normal speed? Yeah. Overcast. You can go to up to three times the speed. And then it also has capabilities to take out the pauses, the oh, wow. the breaks. Yeah. So it sounds like one long <laughs> sentence of never-ending breaths, but uh, it's it's actually really great. Wow. Thing. Yeah. Okay. Podcast now. Oh. So I think, I think one thing that's really special about you is that you've taken your personal growth like personally, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's, you haven't tried to outsource this to other people. Like you own your own curriculum. I mean, you are the dean of <laughs> the college of Maddie Pfaff, right? Like this is right. you. So we've talked about some books, podcasts. What are some, you know, some pieces of sound candy that you're trying to consume each week that, that help you? Yeah. So I make sure that it aligns with all of my goals and make sure that it hits every pinpoint uh, have you ever seen Zig Ziglar's Wheel of Life? No. So it's just... I'm trying to remember, actually. What's I've heard of this thing, it. but yeah. Uh, it's a map of how you should be... Hmm. You want to make sure that you develop every single part of that Wheel of Life. Because hmm. if one of those parts gets a nail, the whole wheel Ooh. deflates. Ooh. So making sure that you can invest all your time and energy and money into your personal development and your career and your family, but your finances might struggle. Hmm. Your um, health might struggle. 
all you want to make sure that you're pinpointing every single area and really making sure that you have goals and aspirations for every single wow. piece of the puzzle. Ooh, you're so, dropping some nuggets in here. <laughs> I'm going to have to pay you after this is done. But um, That's good. Yeah. That makes me think. I mean, I, I'm just thinking about my own shortcomings as you're talking. And sometimes it's easy to focus on this like uber professional mm-hmm. route and the family. Yeah. You know, loses out. Yeah. All right. We're going to hit the two minute drill. Are you ready oh. for this? I'm ready. I was Are you ready prepared. for this? You prepared for this? Bring out my. <laughs> okay, listen. You don't like Twitter, but there's this thing called Twitter. And they force you to reduce all of your thoughts in the world to 160 characters. Mm-hmm. If you had one tweet for humanity, this is it. This is it from Maddie for life. This is the last we're going to hear from you in the Twitter sphere. What would be your last tweet to the world? Live a life full of love and significance because it leaves a lasting legacy. Mm. There you go. Mm. <laughs> yes. We like it. Yes. Here's number two. Oh, gosh, I'm ready. What is the title of the course that should be mandatory for every college student in the world? So on planet Earth, mm. we're going to translate this into all languages. <laughs> All languages. And if someone goes to school, they have to take this course. What do you think the name of that class should be? I think I would name it. You know, (laughs) I really wanted to find some flashy title. (laughs) You know, I was actually trying so hard to think of something, you know, great and amazing. But all all I would call it would be mindset management. Hmm. How to dream, how to make goals, how to step forward, how to make the action plans, and how to thrive in whatever environment that you're going. So you hmm. having the full circle and how to have that mindset to get there. Because I think if you if you have the mindset, nothing's going to stop you. I may steal that, actually. That may be at my next class. Mindset <laughs> management. We got to think of a better name. I just... No, I like it because it has a blend of sort of this... Level artsy mindset, this management kind of business, but how do you how do you get tactical about I feel like it can also, you know, it adheres to the university side, so yeah. it's it's official. Yeah, yeah. Management. We, we make things up here all the time. <laughs> okay, this is the last one. What is the title of the book that you have not written? The title of the book that I have not written tomorrow. Hmm. Nice. The power of tomorrow. The yeah. power of tomorrow. Maddie, thanks for joining the tribe. We've enjoyed Thank it. Thank you so much. This has been great. I mean, you've dropped so many nuggets <laughs> within 30 minutes, and we're blessed to have you. You've really helped the tribe get some tools that are going to help them get from point A to B. So, absolutely. Thank you for Thank joining you. us. It's been a pleasure. Likewise. Awesome. All right, tribe. Thank you so much. And I mean that. Thank you for listening to today's show. For show notes and to get goodies to all of the links from the show, visit a tribe called yes.com. That's a tribe called yes.com. And I have one ask for you. If you like the show, give us a rating on iTunes or Stitcher. It would really help us to spread the gospel of the tribe. And finally, special thanks to Samantha Skinner and Jacob Weiss, our co-producers and partners in crime, 
for serving up incredible episodes every single week from the University of Texas. Now go out there this week, slay some dragons, and keep saying yes. Yes.